0: Hello, listeners. Thanks for clicking play on interval number five, where I'm going to be talking about the experiences of retirement for athletes with disabilities. Not a whole lot of research focus has been given, not a whole lot of attention has been directed in general to the experiences of retired para athletes, but what has been done? What has been uncovered? So, throughout this episode, the findings I am going to discuss are from a study by Bundon, Ashfield, Smith, and Goosey Tolfrey conducted in 2016. Their research, which was done in collaboration with the Peter Harrison Center for Disability Sport and the English Institute of Sport, became part of a larger project called PRISM, Paraathlete Retirement Insights, Support, and Management. PRISM was developed to help improve and add structures and resources to facilitate the out-of-sport transition for the retired para-athlete community in Great Britain. We are, in fact, talking about Brits here. Study was conducted in Great Britain, centered on Great Britain's athletes, but even though they talk funny, I do think that there are a lot of important takeaways that can be understood and applied regardless of country context here. Let's get into it. Uh, I'm not going to dive too deeply into the methods of the research and some of the logistics that went into the study. I'm going to attach some awesome documents and graphics on the runnerlongpodcast.com website that I encourage you to check out that kind of breaks all that down more. But pretty much this group sent a survey out to para-athletes who represented Great Britain at a Paralympic Games or international event. And then from those participants, they selected a few for more in-depth interviews. They got a great mix of people. You've heard me say that I'm not a woman in science, but this is good science. They got a mix of male and female, a range of length of time athletes were retired, so those that had been retired for less than a year to those who had been retired for five plus years. The group had a mix of individuals with impairments from birth. So congenital impairments. And then those who had acquired impairments later on in life there are also a mix of para athletes who achieved various levels of international success. So this study really covered all the bases. Now, what did this study, what did they learn from it? Drumroll. Drum roll. First thing to talk about first finding like able-bodied athletes, there are usually a bunch of different reasons working together at the same time that cause para athletes to want to leave their sport. So they want to spend more time with family. They can't compete to the level they once could for employment reasons, all of the above. Not para-athlete specific, but there are a couple unique push factors that lead to para-athlete retirement that need to be explored more and that I want to shed light on. The big one, declassification. Classification is this pretty in-depth system used in para-sporting events to decide which athletes are eligible to compete in which events. It's all about creating a level playing field for athletes. Now, declassification can happen for a couple of different reasons. One, the International Paralympic Committee can just be like, we're not going to include this event anymore. Maybe it's low numbers, the need to reduce events, questions about how or if the impairment affects performance, politics. All of this can lead to a class being eliminated, an athlete deciding, okay, I'm done. That's that. Second reason is a change in an athlete's condition. So not all impairments are easily classified. So if you think some impairments are stable, visual impairments or an amputated limb, but for other athletes, their impairment is progressing or it's changing, which means their classification can become under review and then they can get declassified. Or it's These sorts of things all mixed together. Either way, these can mean a forced, unplanned, sudden retirement for para-athletes, which they reported as being particularly distressing in the transition out of sport, and that they felt isolated by and unsupported in. Another important finding, which I found incredibly fascinating, uh, moving into the 21st century, countries started to increase their investment in the Paralympics, which of course, is awesome, it's deserved, and it has a lot of benefits. Money can be very helpful. But this increased funding led to increased professionalization of parasport, which had some interesting implications in terms of para-athlete retirement. Implications that I'm going to split into two, like the researchers did, struggling to stay and struggling to leave. So struggling to stay. With the increased professionalization of parasport, came intensified demands on athletes, so increased stress, competition and training, everything being more results-focused, time demands, more politics in general. These were things that led para-athletes to want to retire. But then there's also this interesting flip side to the increased professionalization of parasport, struggling to leave. So these athletes are actually earning an income now from their sport, so they can't really afford to retire sometimes, or they're less inclined to because of the money that they're bringing in. And some sports are fully funded, others are partly funded, which really seem to influence the degree of work experience that para-athletes had once they retired. Were they able to have a job of some sort while they were participating competitively in their sport? And even if they wanted or needed a job, sometimes coaches would discourage para-athletes from getting one because they thought it would take away from focus from their training. But it seemed that having work experience of some kind was helpful in preparing para-athletes once they left the sports bubble. (sighs) What the heck? And then there are the challenges and discrimination that para-athletes face when leaving said bubble, and entering the workforce. Now, retired para-athletes face the same sort of issues and anxieties around loss of income, loss of identity, etc., that retired able-bodied athletes face. But retired para-athletes encounter a couple specific stressors and hurdles when it comes to employment. One, despite laws to mitigate discrimination and give equal opportunity to people with disabilities, people with disabilities still face greater rates of unemployment and underemployment which I imagine is an interesting mind shift in thinking about how the very impairment that had enabled para-athletes to pursue an international sporting career and gave them success has also now become this barrier in entering the post-sports workforce. It's got to be difficult. Employment obstacle number two. The study's participants reported feeling caught in a bind when it came to disclosing their disability to a future employer. On the one hand, their international sporting experience was vital in building a strong resume and putting together a great application. But on the other hand, in disclosing their disability, they opened themselves up to potential discrimination in the employment sector. And finally, the study wraps up with some suggestions to better prepare para-athletes for sports retirement. For athletes, this includes starting with the end in mind. An overwhelming majority of participants stated that They had started thinking about and planning for sport retirement far too late. And then some advice for those working in the athlete well-being support services that quite a few Olympic and Paralympic committees in different countries have in place. First of all, there can definitely be better, more specific training and education for those working in these roles to better support para-athletes who are forced into retirement due to declassification. These athlete well-being support services need to also provide more assistance in preparing para-athletes for post-sports employment. Maybe that's in the form of sessions or workshops that help inform para-athletes of the various laws and legislations that protect equality in hiring and interview processes. Maybe it helps them negotiate terms of employment or promotion. It could also create opportunities for para-athletes at all stages to network with and be mentored by people who are disabled. And last, practitioners working in competitive athletics, sports psychologists, coaches, whoever it may be, they have an important role to play in, quote, future-proofing para-athletes. So start the conversation sooner about life after sport. Having this dialogue and this knowledge base can be a resource when encountering athletes who are resistant to thinking about retirement or sports staff who feel that working or studying will detract from an athlete's ability to focus on their sport performance. Folks, that was my summary of this important novel research. Again, I encourage you to check out the runalongpodcast.com website's additional materials section for more details on the PRISM project and to learn more about ableist culture and its effect on para-athletes and para-athlete research. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you next time.